Hey, CF family, thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this message encourages you and blesses your life. Well, before you hear this powerful teaching, I want to encourage you to share this message with someone who needs to hear the gospel. You never know what this message can do to the life of that person. Also, we want you to know that wherever you're watching us from, you can still impact the lives of others through your giving. It is through your generosity that we can keep pushing the kingdom of God forward in our city and all over the world. Giving is safe and simple. You can go to our app or you can go to our website, cfmiami.org give. Well, God bless you and I hope you enjoy this message. You know, you have to love that oldie but a goodie, right? Here we are to worship. Here we are to bow down. Here we are to say that you are our God. Do you believe that, Christ Fellowship? Come on, let's give a shout of praise to our God. Man, it is great to have you. Welcome, church family. My name is Omar. I have the honor and the privilege of serving as lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And uh, if it's your first time joining us today, whether at one of our campuses or maybe online, listen, we are thrilled and honored that you have decided to join us today. And it's a really special time for us because we are in the middle of a series called Before the Throne. Uh, you know, billions of people around the world, they do this thing called prayer. But so few people truly understand the theology behind prayer. And church, that's exactly what we've been studying in this series. And last week we learned what is prayer and who do we pray to, which we pray to the Father. But today we're going to be looking at how do we know that God really hears us? How confident are you that God hears you? We're going to find out today from God's Word, all right? So if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, as well as Hebrews chapter 4, and you can follow along with me as I read, all right? Listen to what God's Word says. And this is the what, church family? The what? Yeah, the confidence. And this is the confidence that we have towards Him, towards God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And then in Hebrews 4, it says this, let us then with what? Confidence. With confidence. With confidence, listen, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. In other words, what your heavenly Father wants you to have in prayer is confidence in prayer. Amen? That is God's Word. You can go and take a seat at all campuses. Again, it's great to have you here. And let me start off by sharing this with you. You know, many of you know that before I graduated from seminary, uh, from Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, I actually graduated from the University of Miami's School of Law. Yeah. And after I graduated from law school, I took the bar exam. By the grace of God, I passed the bar exam. But listen, I never practiced a day in my life, all right? I went right into ministry. So if you're looking for law, legal advice, listen, I'm the last person to come to, all right? But during my law school years, I had a small little job as a graduate assistant to the vice provost. He kind of oversaw a large portion of the schools. 
And it was a very simple job. You know, I was a student. I would file and, you know, pick up the phone and things like that. But follow me here. Because during that season in my life, I had some friends who had so much confidence, listen, in the stock market. Oh, yeah. They loved the stock market. They would always be talking at lunch of how much they loved it and how much confidence they had in it and how they were investing so much money in the market. And so I thought, well, you know, you know I have a little bit of money at home. You know, I, I don't have much. I'm a student still. But maybe I should get my little money and put it into the stock market. Mind you, I didn't know much about the stock market. I didn't know how it worked, and I really didn't know much about which were the good companies. The only company that I was familiar with was Dell Computers. You all remember, yeah, Dell? And the only reason that I knew about Dell is because every computer at UM and all the computer labs and everywhere I went, they were all Dell Computers. So I thought, you know what? Dell's is all over the place. Maybe I should invest in Dell. And so, you know, based on that little bit of knowledge, you know, I get a little brokerage account, put a little bit of money in there, and I bought Dell stock on a Friday afternoon around 4.45, right before the market closed. I bought it I, 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 before I went home. So I, 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 I bought the stock. I was super excited. I turned on my computer. I went to my car, and I started heading home. And folks, on my drive home to Miami Springs, where I used to live, right, there's 30 minutes, during that drive, in my mind, I was thinking, man, I'm going to make such a fortune in the stock market. Oh, yeah. I was dreaming of all the cars that I was going to buy. I was dreaming of the mansions, plural, in Star Island that I was going to have, right, because of the mass fortune I was going to have. Well, not really, right? But nevertheless, I was still, you know, thinking, man, I cannot wait to see how this stock grows. I cannot, you know, I cannot wait to see what the future holds. So when I got home, the first thing I did was go to my computer and turn it on because I went to see how much my, my little fortune had grown by that time I got home in those 30 minutes. And church, to my dismay, the moment that I turned on that computer, in those 30 minutes that took me to go from UM to my home, Dell had let out a bad earnings report. Oh yeah, and a bunch of terrible news about what's going on with their company. They waited until Friday afternoon, Friday evening to let that out. And folks, that stock in those 30 minutes tumbled a bunch of points. And I lost a bunch of money in that stock. And, and, and church, listen, everyone lean in because all that, all that confidence that I had in the stock market, listen, it went out the window, right? It went out the window to the point that I said, I am never again going to buy stock. And so church, don't miss this, right? Because even though the stock market had worked for a lot of people, Listen, since it did not give me the results that I expected, the immediate result that I expected, I lost complete confidence in it to the point that I never tried it again. And in my mind, I just thought, listen, that is just a waste of time. And church, let me just bring that over to our time together because what an image of how many people have lost confidence 
in prayer. And by that I mean that just like I lost confidence in the stock market, right? Because it did not give me the result that I expected. Listen, just like that. And here's the big idea for today. There's many people in this world that have lost confidence in the beautiful gift of prayer. And the reason they've lost confidence in prayer is because it has not given them the result that they expected. And who knows, maybe you're here right now, one of our campuses, maybe you're watching online right now, and that's you. Because the truth of the matter is that you haven't prayed in a long time. There's been days, it's been weeks, it's been months, and the reason that you have not prayed at the root of it is because you have lost confidence in prayer. And so you're sitting here right now, and you're thinking, oh, more. listen, we are in this prayer series. I'm glad we go, we're, going, we're in this series. But honestly, Omar, my prayer life is not where it should be. So, so what do I need to know to regain my confidence in prayer? Because I want to gain it again. Well, folks, we're going to find out from 1 John chapter 5, uh, verse 14, all right? So if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter 5. You can open up your Christ Fellowship apps, and by the way, on your way in, now you can pick up our sermon notes so you can write by hand, and if you prefer that, on the way in, you can pick them up. But today, let's have three thoughts for us about how to gain confidence in prayer. Are you all ready, Christ Fellowship, to, to start? Yeah? All right, so write this down as point number one, church family. The first thing you need to know is that God wants you to have confidence in prayer. Now, let's go to the passage for today and listen to what it says again. It says, and, thi- and this is the what? The confidence, right? This is a confidence that we have towards him, towards God. Now, pause right there because one of the things that we can very clear from this passage is that our heavenly father, your heavenly father, wants to make sure that you have confidence in this amazing gift called prayer. You know, the sad truth is that many of us have unfortunately lost that confidence. And the reason is, is because in your mind, your prayers are not guaranteed to be successful. In fact, if you in your mind, you knew with confidence that every time you prayed, your prayers were going to be successful. Listen, you would be on your knees right now praying. Why? Because if you know that every time you pray, that your prayers are confident, listen, we would pray a, a, a whole lot more. Amen? So the issue is that somewhere along the line, we have the wrong perception of what true successful prayer looks like. But folks, listen, this passage reveals what true successful prayers looks like so we can regain our confidence. In fact, write this down as letter A. Listen, your confidence in prayer comes from the fact that God hears you. Now let's go back to the passage. Listen carefully to what it says. It says, and this is a confidence, right, that we have towards him in prayer that if we ask anything according to his will, he what, church family? He what? 
He hears us. Now, folks, don't miss it. Because when the children of God cry out to our Heavenly Father, God's Word is here is promising us, what? That He hears you. Now, I want this to sink in into the depth of your heart. That every single time you utter a word to God, He's listening to you. And see, where our confidence in prayer is rooted is the fact that every time we talk to our Heavenly Father, when we say, Abba, Father, He hears us. You know, when, when Camila was, now she's now three years old, she's, she's getting so big so fast, but when she was a little baby, you know, like everyone else, you know, we had a monitor in her crib. You know, you young parents, you're still dealing with monitors, right? And it's interesting that as she was a little baby, a little infant, as she was there, she would just cry and we would know what's going on. But here's what happened. Something interesting happened. The moment that she got a little older, older than this, something interesting began to take place where she began to realize that every single time she would say, Daddy, I was listening. You know, it didn't matter at what time of night, it did not matter what she was going through, what she was anxious about, what she wanted, she began to have confidence in her little heart that at whatever moment of the night, she would utter the word, Daddy, I was listening every time, and I would come in to her rescue. And church, listen, what a, what a picture of a prayer for us, right? Because every single time, just like Camila has confidence that our heavenly father, that her earthly father is listening, listen, that is the confidence that you and I need to have. That every time we say, Father, Daddy, what? He is listening to us, amen? Which means, write this down, so be, that your confidence then does not come from how God responds to you. You know, some of us have been praying certain prayers to God for, a, for quite some time, but in your mind, all those prayers for those weeks, months, years have not been successful. Why? Because God in your mind has not answered you in the way that you expected. And so because of it, you've begun to lose confidence in prayer. But children of God, let me remind you that every single time that you pray to your father, he always answers, amen? And he may not answer the way that you want at this very moment because he knows what's best for you. He will always answer you to what he knows as your perfect heavenly father that is what you need at this exact moment in time. And so church, listen, we need to break free. We need to break this mentality that prayers are answered or prayers are successful only when God answers us the way we expect Him to answer that, right? Because the root of our confidence in our prayers is the fact that every time we pray, we know that God is listening. 
that God knows your anxiety, that God knows your fear, that God knows your concern, that God knows every single thing you're thinking. Listen, he knows what you need. And so our confidence is that every time we pray, he's listening, amen? But then the question is, all right, if our confidence comes, confidence comes from the fact that God hears us, that successful prayer, then how can we know that God it is in fact hearing our prayers? Well, church, write this down as big number two. Listen, God hears your prayers because of the righteousness of Jesus. Now, listen to what the Lord said in the Gospel of John chapter 15, listen carefully. The Lord said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask the Father, which by the way, every time that you look at scripture, right, we see that we pray to the Father, right? We saw it last week. Notice, so when you ask the Father in whose name? In whose name? In Jesus' name, in my name, he may give it to you. Now, one of the most common phrases, right, that we hear in the Christian life, in the Christian world, is the phrase, in Jesus' name we pray, right? We have heard it, we said it today many times in this service. But for so many, unfortunately, in Jesus' name we pray, is simply almost like a formal way of finishing off our prayers. But you see, the phrase in Jesus' name actually reveals a very precious theological reality. And it's this, that when we say in Jesus' name at the end of a prayer, what we are saying, listen carefully, to the Father, and what we are reminding ourselves is that the reason that, G, that God the Father is hearing and receiving our prayers is because of the righteousness of his Son, Jesus Christ. <laughs> See, understand this, you gotta, you gotta get this, that apart from Christ, we, see, we sinners, you and I, listen, we have no claim on the ear of God through prayer. Listen, apart from the Lord, apart from Jesus, we sinners have no claim on God's ear when it comes to prayer. Why? Because sinful man cannot approach holy God, much less talk to our holy God. But the beauty of the gospel is that because of the life, death, and resurrection of Christ and our faith in Christ, we now have access to the Father. And, and the reason that we can draw near, that we can go before the throne of God and, and give our petitions, give our requests to the Father is because of what Christ has done for us. Yeah. And so I would argue that the most important thing you can say when you pray is at the end when you say, in Jesus' name, I pray. Why? Not because it's a magical phrase we do at the end to get God to respond to us, but rather because it is the moment in your prayer where you are acknowledging 
and you are reminding yourselves that our prayers are being heard be solely because of what Christ has done for us and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. And church, here is this why this truth is so liberating for us. Write this down as letter A. It's because your prayers are not heard to how righteous you are. You know, the most libera liberating thing about prayer is that we know that we can go to the Father. Listen, whether you're having a bad week or whether you're having a great week, whether you feel you sinned a lot this week or you haven't sinned, the great thing about prayer is that, listen, our confidence is that we can go to the Father and it's not based on how good you performed that week, but rather on the performance of Christ, amen? And so some of you may be wondering, well, Pastor, what about that verse in James where it says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power in its working? What does that mean then? Because it almost sounds like only those who are really righteous have powerful prayers. But let me remind you that God's word says in Romans 3 that none is righteous, no, not one. And so the only righteousness that you and I have has been declared over us the moment that we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And so the reason that a person is righteous before God and their prayer is, has great power is because it is based on the faith on Jesus Christ the righteous, you see? Now, a common question that people have about this topic of prayer and praying to, to, to God is whether or not God hears and receives the prayers of someone who is not a believer in Christ. Does God hear the prayer of someone who is not a believer? So, so for example, let, let's, let's travel all the way to the Middle East, right? And we approach one of these great, beautiful mosques that we find in the Middle East, right? We, we walk up to it and we see this beautiful mosque and people are coming towards it, and you walk inside, and inside of that mosque, listen, there are men and women who are praying to their God, right? Mind you, Allah for them, in a very, you know, distorted way, it's all part of the Abrahamic religions, right? The Christians, Jews, and Muslims call, come from, the, from Abraham, right? So technically, again, very distorted and not in the accurate way, but they're praying, right, to God the Father, technically, the God of Abraham. So the question is, is God listening, hearing, receiving the prayers of this Muslim man in the Middle East? Well, the answer is yes and no. Yes, in the sense that God is omniscient, right? So he knows everything that's taking place in this universe, right? He knows every little corner of the universe, what's happening, every conversation in this world, right? He's omniscient, so he knows, theoretically, that that man is praying. How can he not? He's omniscient. But he also does not hear their prayers in the way that he hears your prayer and my prayer. And here's why. It's because that man is not praying on the basis of Jesus' name. 
Technically, they're trying to pray to their God based on their own righteousness, if you think about it. And so the reason that God does not receive the prayers or hears the prayers of the unsaved in the way that he hears your prayers is because they're not praying in the name of Jesus Christ, the righteous, who is the only one who gives us access to the Father. And so the first prayer that God receives, that hears from someone who's not a believer is the moment where they're coming to know Christ as Savior, where they confess their sins, ask for forgiveness, put their faith and trust in Christ, and for the very first time, they are praying in the name of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense, everyone? All right. But listen, that means not only that our prayers are not heard due to how righteous you are, but also write this down as letter B. Your prayers are not heard due to how eloquent you are. In fact, listen to what the Lord said in Matthew chapter 6. He said this, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases like as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask Him. You know, sometimes in the Christian life, in the church, we've come to believe that the more passionate you are in your prayer, that the more eloquent you are in your prayers, using fancy words, that the, that the longer you pray, that somehow, way, God hears you more. And church, nothing can be further from the truth. For us, even in our limited language, for us, even our baby talk prayers, listen, God receives them and he hears them. You know, remember when Camila began to speak, well, just about a one year old or so, I remember that she only had three words. She had, the first word she knew was agua, which means water, so agua. Second one was tete, which means pacifier. And the third one was ete, which in Spanish is este, which means this. So this, her way of saying ete was pointing at something. So she would walk around the, the house saying ete, ete, ete. You know, she would walk around the whole house doing that. And you know what, even though her words were very limited, you know, I knew exactly as her father what she wanted, what she needed. You know, Camila didn't have to have a vast vocabulary and wow me with her words in order for me to understand it. Even her basic words, listen, even before she asked, I already knew what she wanted. Isn't that a picture for our Heavenly Father? Listen, don't put that pressure on you that you have to praise him. You know, sometimes people don't like to pray in public because they feel their prayers are not that eloquent. Listen, break from that. Break from that. Sometimes God hears a prayer, the most basic prayer, way more than that most eloquent prayer with such fancy words. Amen? And so our confidence comes from the fact that God hears us not only because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, but also write this down as big number three. God hears your prayers when they align to his will. Now, let's go back to that verse that we were looking at, 1 John chapter 5. It says this, and this is the confidence that we have towards him, 
that if we ask anything according to whose will? Whose will? Yeah, his will. He hears us. Now, last week I mentioned, right, that prayer should be shaped by God's word, and we find God's will where? In God's word. You want to know God's will for your life? Look at God's word. And so as we pray, our prayers should be always aligning to God's will, which means, write this down, letter A, that God does not hear, does God does not receive selfish prayers. You know, sometimes we like to pray for just some random things like the dolphins. Oh boy, do they stink. They always let us down, right? The dolphins, oh Lord, somehow do something. But the question is, what is a selfish prayer? You know, what, what, what is it? But here's the thing, listen to what God's word says in James chapter four. It says, you ask and you do not receive. Why? Because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You know, you've got to come to a point that you start asking yourself in a very honest way, what is the root desire of what you're praying for? You've got to ask yourself, examine your prayers. You know, some of us may be praying for a huge financial breakthrough in your life. Oh, Lord, please open this door for a job for me. Oh, Lord, help my business grow. Oh, Lord, give me this contract so that I can get more money. Oh, Lord, please, Lord, help me in my money. Help me in my business. Help me at work. And so we're praying all these prayers, but the truth of the matter is that you have no intention to honor God with what he gives you. So you're praying all these prayers, please, Lord, give me more open doors for us, but you have zero intention to honoring God the Lord who's going to provide for you. You know, you may be here single, you may be praying, oh, Lord, give me a spouse. Oh, Lord, give me a spouse. But the root of it is not so that you can stake in the next stage of your life and honor the Lord in that way and glorify God in your marriage, but all you care about is satisfying your sexual desires. So you've got to ask yourself, why am I praying? What is the root cause the root desire of me praying to God. And so you're probably wondering, well, Omar, how do we know whether or not, how can we make sure that our prayers are not being selfish and are lying to God's will? We'll write this down, letter B. Here's our easy way for you always to stay on track. God hears prayers that are based on his promises. On his promises. You know, if you study the, 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 the prayers of the Bible, you begin to notice that the prayers that God honors in his word are those who repeat his promises back to the Lord. In fact, there are over 3,000 promises in God's word. And you know what God's answer to all those promises in God's word? Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians. For all the promises of God find their what? Their what? Yeah, their yes. In who? In Jesus Christ, in him. That is why, listen carefully, it is through him, through Christ, that we utter our amen, let it be so, to God for his glory. So you see, prayer 
is nothing but taking the promises of God and saying, Lord, you have set this, let it be so. So Lord, you have provided to meet my every need, oh Lord. Lord, you know what's going on in our family right now. Lord, you promised to us to meet our needs. Lord, meet this need for us, oh God. Lord, you have promised in your word, listen, that you would always be my good shepherd, that you would always guide me, that you will always provide wisdom for me, then Lord, we're here, provide wisdom for us at this moment. Lord, you have promised that you will always sustain us even in the darkest moments in our lives where we can barely keep our head above water. You have promised us that as we go through the fire, you will sustain us. And Lord, let it be so. Sustain me during this time. Give me the peace that I need to go through this season in my life. You see, prayer are almost like God's promise utilized. See, a prayer that is not founded in one of God's promises have no foundation at all. You know, just recently I was reading that there are about $5.8 billion worth of gift cards that go unused. I have some gift cards right now in my drawer that I have not used, and I think some of us here have as well, right? We get a little gift card, we put it in the drawer. But you know what's interesting about these gift cards? These are benefits that have already been purchased, but have not been enjoyed. And folks, it's the same way with God's promises. Listen, all the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus. Why? Because they were bought, they were purchased at the cross by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so listen, there are 3,000 promises, 3,000 gift cards in your word, in the Bible. Use them, pray, say, God, you have promised this, let it be so in my life, amen? And that's how you know your prayers are being aligned by God's, in, uh, to God's will. Folks, let me end with this. You know, Scripture says this. It's a verse that we've been studying in his word. Scripture says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and have fine grace to help in a time of need. You know, church, there are some of us here today, watching online, watching one of our campuses, listen, you are going through something in your life right now. Maybe it's a marital issue. Maybe it's a family issue, financial issue, health issues with a family member, your own, your child. Maybe some of us here right now are discouraged are longing for guidance. And the truth of the matter is that you have not gone before the throne of God, before your heavenly Father who loves you, to talk to him about it. You have talked to everybody else, but you have not talked, you have not prayed to your heavenly Father. 
So today, the way I want to end our time today is in a way that we haven't done in a while, but it's always a beautiful moment. Where I'm going to, we're going to, the band is going to sing a song. That the words echo what we're going to do, and that is, I'm going to open up the altar of God, the stage, at all campuses. And as we pray, listen, I want to challenge you, whether you have something small or big going on in your life, listen, come to the front and pray. Kneel down before God and just talk to your heavenly Father. And the reason that I want to encourage you, if there's something in your life you need pray, that you need to pray about to come to the front is because something happens in our hearts where what we are feeling emotionally translates to a physical posture, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, when, 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 when your posture, when your body starts reflecting what you have in your heart, the desires of your heart, it becomes even such a more powerful moment in your life. And so I want to challenge you, listen, at all campuses, listen, I'm gonna, the campus pastors are there, the leaders are there, they're going to, me and, me and the campus pastor, we're going to lead the way, we're going to go before the Lord, and we're going to pray. I want to challenge you, listen, if, if, if there's something in your life, big or small, you say, you know, I, got, I just want to talk to God about this, I want you to pray. I said, what a, there's no better time to come before the Father. Jesus made a way, and the Father ar Father's arms are wide open, all right? So on all campus, go ahead and stand up with me. And there's something going on in your life. Listen, come, I'm going to lead the way, and all the campus will as well. Let's come and pray.
come to you because you're the only one who's worthy. You hear our prayers. You hear our requests, Lord. We sing, oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior. Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is approach your throne, O Lord. Because we know that because of the death, life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have access to you, O God. And every time we utter a word, O Lord, you are good, Lord. Our good, good Father, you are listening to us. And so, Father, I I want to conclude today, O oh Lord, by praying for our people, O oh Lord, that in our lives, Lord, that we would seek you more than ever in this wonderful way called prayer. And may we grow confident that every time we utter a word, you're listening to us. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for this time with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people say, amen. amen. Hey, can we give a shout of praise to our God? Amen. It is, what a wonderful time, amen, of prayer and worship. And so listen, before you go, I'm going to encourage you, be back next week. You know, we learned what prayer is in this series. Who do we pray to? We pray to the Father. 
Today we learned the confidence that we have that when we utter a word, God hears us. But next week, we'll be learning of how do we pray? Lord, teach us how to pray. How do we pray? And so be back next week. I think it's going to be very, very encouraging and helpful as we approach our Heavenly Father in prayer. Amen. Christ Fellowship, I love you all. Have a great, great weekend. See you next weekend.